huge stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post game show. I'm your host, Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And you are home with Dodgers Nation and Jim Beam. Please drink responsibly. Thanks for rocking with us after the Dodgers get the win. They get another series win. They improved to 19 11 1 in series this season. They beat this Orioles team. That's one of the better teams in the league. A team that had won eight straight games heading into the season. Dodgers have outscored the O's 16 7 this series. They improved to 55 39. They're currently in first place in the NL West by two games, but the the Giants are down on the Reds on the road, so Dodgers could pick up another half a game if that score holds. But thanks for walking with us. Welcome in and let us know where you're rocking with us here in the Dodgers Nation postgame show. What is your biggest takeaway from tonight? My biggest takeaway is, first and foremost, I thought Michael Grove did an outstanding job. Definitely another step in the right direction for Michael Grove. I think the most impressive development is that cutter. The way you use that cutter especially against left-handed hitters i mean this is a lineup that's stacked that's loaded with left-handed hitters and he did a very nice job navigating a lineup that was out there to do damage i think the inning that really sticks out of course the sixth inning yancy almonte bailed him out but the fifth inning i was very impressed by michael grove i thought he did an outstanding job he struck out Kowser there the cutter up and in just froze him and then later strikes out henderson with that filthy slider down the zone so we're going to break down his start. We're going to talk about this Dodgers offense that they scored 10 runs tonight. They get five in the fifth, a home run by Jason Hayward, a three-run shot, his ninth home run of the season. They also added four in the seventh, one the eighth. They win by a final score of 10 to three. They get 13 hits, one error. This Orioles team, they were sloppy. Four aerials, the four, four errors for that Orioles team, and they also the walks really piled up. Eight walks for this Orioles team. So, yeah, the Dodgers took full advantage. But let's break down this whole game. We'll talk some trades later. We have an update on Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller. But if you're watching the show and you're new to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Retweet if you're watching on Twitter. But smash that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. But here, let's get right into the comment section. I'm looking for that comment of the night, by the way. And if I do see that, you are going to see one of these. Yeah, auto rate. DMAC, our Dodgers just beat a really hot Orioles team. We got to go all in for starting pitching at the deadline. Amen. I definitely think we're in a mind meld. You're speaking my language. You know this is how I felt for months now. I know that's the trending thing right now to say that, but hey, you guys know that I've been beating that drum for quite some time because I believe in this team. I believe in the talent on this team. I believe in the veteran leadership on this team. And really, when I started my Dodger dog of the game, I was going to go with Michael Grove because I thought Michael Grove, I thought he played his role very nicely like I said like you mentioned just now a very hot Orioles team that's trying to split this series they're 57 and 37 so they have more wins than the Dodgers this season and for the most part he pitched very well he goes five innings had four strikeouts 
five hits, 91 pitches, was filling up the strike zone, was throwing strikes all night. Not tons of swings and misses, just six swings and misses generated by Michael Grove tonight. But I thought he did a really, really nice job. He gets the win. He improves to two and two on the year. But I think what really started was my biggest takeaway from tonight. And that is, well, one, you got to start with the bullpen. The bullpen continues the turnaround. This bullpen, they have had an absolutely incredibly impressive turnaround when you consider where they're at. 23rd in Major League Baseball at this point of the season, maybe 20 games ago. Now they've been the best bullpen in the sport for 20 games. So that's definitely something that you got to feel really good about if you're a Dodgers fan. The fact that you got guys going out there and getting the job done. Yancy Almonte, he was a contender for Dodger Dog of the Game. I thought he was fantastic when he came in there in the sixth inning to really bail out Michael Grove, and I thought he did just a fantastic job. Yancy Almonte there, top of the sixth inning, by the way. Dodgers that inning, yeah, the bases loaded, no outs, weren't able to get a run across. And then bottom of the sixth, leadoff double to right for Adley, a cutter, a little flat there by Grove. Then he walks in, Tender on six pitches. Then Yancy Almonte comes in, gets O'Haren to line to left for the first out. Great job by Chris Taylor. Great read on that. He made another fantastic play defensively. And then Hayes foul to third. Really nice play by Max Muncy in foul territory in the crowd, making that catch. Then he gets Hicks to fly to left. So Yancey, he gets them out of that jam. And I will say that Yancey Almonte is back to being Yancey Almonte. So that really was the turning point in that game because if they put some runs across, that's going to be a tight one there. And the Dodgers are going to be battling. But yeah, you look at that sixth inning, that really was the deciding factor because the top half of that inning, you thought the floodgates were going to open wide, but it did not happen. Dodgers had the bases loaded and no outs after a hit by a pitch by Freeman, a Smith single. Muncy was saved after a field Air by Frazier, and then Martinez, he struck out swinging Peralta ground into a fielder's choice, and Taylor struck out swing. So no dice there. They get shut out, and in the bottom half of that inning, Yancy Almonte was going to came in. He got the job done, so give him a ton of credit. But let's get back to the comment section here. Camden Yards is Dodgers Northeast LMAO. That's from Lou over on YouTube. Craig Osterberg Smith would have had a homer in any other park. Yeah, 29 out of 30 parks. That double there would have been a home run for Smitty, but that just was not the case. But the most important thing is that Will Smith is turning it around. He had been slumping. He had been really going through it in the last few weeks, especially heading into the All-Star game, but he's really gotten together. He's been five. He was five for his last 12 at one point. So Will Smith definitely is turning the corner. You're starting to see a hot Smitty putting better swings on the bat. I think that he really has gone past the All-Star game and said to himself, hey, I'm not worried about that. I'm not thinking about that. And just kind of focusing on playing baseball. And yeah, that was a, a play where, hey, move those fences in in Camden Yards. I know they moved it back a few years ago, but that definitely was one that, uh, yeah, I mean, the most important thing is He's hitting the ball hard, and yeah, I mean, you saw there in the top of the fourth inning, that really, nothing came of that. It was a one-out double on a 2-2 pitch off Irvin, and yeah, he hits it deep. He looked like it was gone, but it stays in the park. Let's jump back in the comments section here. What is your biggest takeaway? Who's your Dodgers dog of the game? My contenders, Michael Grove, Yancey Almonte. You could even say Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, another three-hit game. He goes three for four with a double and RBI, a walk and a hit by a pitch, so he was phenomenal once again, but I'm going to go with Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward is my Dodger dog of the game. The way he set the tone, the way he hit his longest home run of the season, 414 feet. I thought he was outstanding. Got the full extension there. And that inning really speaks to, here we go. Dodger dog of the game. Get double Dodger dog of the game. Dodger dog of the game. It really speaks to those guys on the one-year deals. Those guys on the one-year contracts that no one was too high on in the offseason. Andrew Friedman, though, that is a major W, a major W for this Dodgers team. And you look at that uh, top of the second where they bat around. We're going to break that down in a second. But let's jump into some more comments here. We got Will Smith as the player of the game. That's from Verdell Newsom. Yeah, Will Smith, you could definitely have him as a contender for player of the game. Another guy that was phenomenal tonight. He goes four for six, a four-hit game. One RBI, and yeah, I mean, this guy is starting to really turn things around after a little bit of a tiny slump. I'm not worried about it. Smitty, we know he is legend, and he was primed and poised to go on a tear because still was hitting the ball hard. So, yeah, look at this top of this Dodgers lineup. Take a look at the box score real quick. Will Smith goes 4 for 6. Freddie Freeman goes 3 for 4. Mookie goes 0 for 4. Yanni 0 for 1 after the pinch hit later in the game. J.D. Martinez 1 for 5, had the RBI single. Peralta 1 for 6. Hey, 
Hayward, of course, just one at bat. We know Marisnik came in, and Marisnik actually had to leave the game with a hamstring, a left hamstring injury. Had some left hamstring tightness, so we'll wait on an update for that. But how about James Alman, who continues to produce? Has the batting average up to 243, goes two for three tonight, had two walks, reached base four times. I thought he did a fantastic job turning over the lineup there. So, yeah, lots of contenders, lots of guys that came and stepped up in this one. And Max Muncy is the one we'll talk about as far as guys that are struggling at the moment. We're going to dive into his numbers and have some thoughts on Max Muncy and what the Dodgers can do at the third base position. I like that shiny shirt D-Mac. Is it shiny? I think it might be the lighting. <laughs> we got, uh, that's from uh, HMOT93. We got Dodgers are waking up. We got, that's from Conservative Zach. BC Smith got screwed. Rod Wells, thank you, Roberts, for going to get Bigford. Yeah, I knew someone was going to bring it up. That was inevitable. And you saw Phil Bigford. He was not too happy about it late in the game. He yelled a little explicitive there. started with the, uh, the F and had four letters there. Might as well just say it at this point. But, uh, yeah, he was not happy about coming out of this game because seventh inning, he cruised. He goes one, two, three. He got Cows ground to first. Frazier fly to center. Westberg fly to left. And then eighth inning, Bigford faces two batters, but he walked Henderson. And after Rutschman popped to first, Doc elects to go to Robertson. And Santander, he doubled to center. Henderson advanced to third. And then O'Hearn, he singled to right. And Henderson scored. Santander advanced to third. That made it 10 to 2. So Baltimore gets their second run of the night. Then he strikes out Hayes swinging. Nice job coming back there. Was down 2 0 in the count. Gets him with a changeup. And then next batter, 1 1 count. Hicks singles to right. That made it 10 to 3. So just the optics, the feel of the game definitely changed a little bit after Robertson came in and uh, Roberts came in and didn't pitch very well. So, yeah, I definitely don't love that. He ends up getting out of the inning, gives up three hits on two, two runs on three hits. Does come back there. Robertson in the bottom of the ninth. He gets Frazier to fly to center. Westbury singled to left. Then he gets Henderson to ground to second. And then he struck out Rutschman looking to end the game. And it was on a 3-2 pitch, four-seam fastball down the zone. So wasn't absolutely horrific by Robertson by any stretch. But, yeah, you don't love the fact that you give those runs late and you were a little concerned that maybe the Orioles get back into this thing. But, thankfully, the Dodgers, they plated that extra run Later in the game, that definitely came in handy when they add another run in the eighth. Of course, they add four in the seventh. So we're going to talk about the innings before that in a second. Let's go back down to the comment section. Anthony Keene, what they did to that park should be illegal. Anthony Keene, yeah, is back, 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 way back in that uh, left field. And yeah, I think when it comes to the dimensions and park dimensions, that is one thing that makes baseball unique. That's a part of the charm of Major League Baseball, that you don't have a set dimensions set dimensions throughout the league for different parks but yeah at the end of the day it benefits the pitches it hurts the pitches right it's your park and every park kind of has its own feel to it it plays differently and we know the dodgers had a reputation for dodger stadium being a pitcher's park for so many years and we know that really they're kind of middle of the pack but months needs to be sent down to okc that's from j dog ray brios freeman is such a great opposite field hitter absolutely and that is the purity of freddie freeman if you need a hit if you need a hit you go to freddie freeman i mean the way he stays back on the ball the way he just locks it gets his bat on the ball, approach to all fields. It's such a pretty sight to see, especially in this day and age. And I know batting average is not a statistic that is in vogue right now. It's really lost some of its value. But this is a guy that he takes pride in going out there and hitting every single day. And he's a guy that it takes pride in his regimented routine, his approach to the game, his work ethic. So it's definitely something you have to respect. Definitely feels like a throwback, lunch pail type of player. And I think... Freddie Freeman, what more can you say? Say Anthony Keene, you call him Fredericks of Hollywood. And really, he's taken to just being a Dodger, embracing that Dodger blue, playing with this team. I always love seeing him next to Jason Hayward in that Dodgers dugout. And he's looking like he's having the time of his life. And heading into this game, hitting 318. And we're coming off a season where he led the league in hits with 199 hits. This year, already 121 hits, leads the league in doubles. So Freddie Freeman has been outstanding. He is one of the best value deals at $162 million. I know that sounds crazy to say value at $162 million, but this guy has paid $27 million a year. is easily worth more than that. I mean, look at Arenado getting paid $35 million a year next year. Is he really worth that? I'm not so sure. Jerry Harrison Jr., where it's a toe pay. What? 
Is that true? You got a piece. Uh, Greg Osterberg Muncy is paid by the pound. Okay, okay. Let's be nice here. Uh, breakfast with the Dodgers tomorrow. It's from Johnny uh, Kick Nuts. That's your name. I had to read it. Nando 390. What was all the Orioles hype about? They suck. You look. The point I will make on that is one. This Orioles team. They're the real deal. I mean, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, they sound like an AYSO soccer team in Brentwood with all those names, all those first names, Adley and Gunnar and this and that. But there's tons of talent on this team. They've hit on a lot of their top prospects. I'm not guaranteeing they're going to be a dynasty, but they have a lot of pieces in place. If you ask me who's going to be one of the better teams in the next 10 to 15 years, I would have the Orioles on that list. You see what the Arizona Diamondbacks have been able to do in the National League West. Imagine that times 50, right? That's definitely what the Orioles are. As far as the hype goes, the next point I want to make is what I always say is a veterans league. Veterans win championships. Experience wins championships. It's very rare that you see a team come up that doesn't have very many veterans, very many experienced players, and goes and wins a title. And that is really one of the big takeaways from this series. You see this Dodgers team. They've been there. They've won that. You have World Series champions up and down this lineup, from Mookie Betts to Freddie Freeman to Will Smith to J.D. Martinez. I mean, the list goes on and on. The championship pedigree is with this team, and that's why you have teams at the very end that know how to win. So it takes time. So, hey, when you talk about that youth movement, I think it's a little bit of an aggressive term. It's an aggressive term because you win with veterans. And it really takes me to my next point that this Dodgers team, you might add another veteran. You might get an experienced bat to add to this team and bolster their chances of winning the World Series. But Anthony Keene, is it too early to give Robert some love might be manager of the year anthony keen coming in with that first horitos comment of the game presented by our friends over at horitos please drink responsibly look i mean when you consider the injuries when you consider the fact that the dodgers and their IL numbers are the second highest in the league. When you consider the fact that you head into the season and you lose your starting shortstop in Gavin Lux, when you look at this starting rotation that's been ravaged by injuries, you had their best pitcher that's already been lost for a few weeks in Clayton Kershaw. You lose Dustin May for the year and Julio Arias. He misses some significant time. Tony Gonson doesn't even start the year on the mound. You lose a rotational piece of back-end guy and Ryan Pepio to start the year. Yes, there has been tons of injuries. It's been like an episode of Squid Game. It's like been a season of squid game for this Dodger team but hey they rise like the Phoenix right after the dust is settled despite everything this team still is in first place in the National League West you just cannot beat this Dodgers team in the regular season they find ways to win and a lot of it has to do with their depth their leadership and yeah you have to give Dave Roberts some credit because this is a guy that doesn't get too high doesn't get too low he empowers his veterans in the clubhouse and look he is not going to be frazzled by a losing streak I mean this is a team that got swept at home by the Giants. They had the worst loss in Dodger Stadium history when they lost 15 to nothing with Bobby Miller on the mound. And Wade hit that bomb. And look, this team, they really haven't looked back since that series. They went on to sweep the Angels. The bullpen's turned around. They've settled down working both sides of the plate. They've gotten gutsy, gritty outings from starting pitchers up and down this lap that have been perfect. Bob Miller hasn't been perfect. Michael Grove hasn't been perfect, but they've been gutting it out. Tony Gonson hasn't been perfect, but they've been going out there and giving them as much length as they possibly can. I think it speaks to the culture of this Dodgers organization where, hey, if you're giving the ball and you have that Dodgers script across your chest, we expect you to give it your very best every go as many innings as you can give it all you got and we're going to try to win a ball game every single day so yeah give Dave Roberts some credit for that absolutely Anthony Keene Mookie unaffected by the derby that's from Lou yeah Mookie I and mean, what more can you say I thought it was very interesting by the way his podcast I love the episode with Francisco Lindor did you know that Mookie bets he packs all of his cooking gear pots pans spatulas in his suitcase, wherever he goes on the road, then he orders groceries and he cooks his own food. Okay, he cooks his own food. We're talking about a guy that signed a three hundred and sixty-five million dollar contract. He's on the road cooking his own food. Mad respect, Marcus Lynn Betts. But time to move Muncie to eighth or ninth in the lineup. That's from Eddie Romero. So yeah, we'll get into Muncie in a second. I want to do some more comments here. Break down the scoring innings for the Dodgers. But here, bring Amir Garrett home. That's from Luis Rodriguez. Look, I mean. Amir Garrett, he's an interesting case. I mean, his numbers have been trending in the wrong direction. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't strike out a ton of guys. But I think really that's all predicated on who the Dodgers have their eye on in the, at the deadline. I think what the Dodgers are going to do, my read on the situation, is I see them making a multi 
team multiplayer deal with one team and getting a reliever could it be the White Sox where you get a Middleton a, a Graveman a Hendricks if he's healthy along with the Giolito or a C's maybe you throw in a Tim Anderson as a bonus chip where you go with the Cardinals and you get a Montgomery a Hicks a Flaherty maybe if you swing really big you get a Nolan Arenado but I see them parting ways with some of their top prospects but you get multiple players and ideally they're on expiring contracts or great value deals I think that's where the Dodgers will go hey third baseman is absolutely an area that the Dodgers could address and I think one thing you have to consider Max Muncy's defense has graded out as one of the worst in the league in most categories in some categories he is the worst in the league we look at UZR 150 that that is a metric that is testing your range we look at outs above average we look at defensive run saved this guy has struggled with the glove I mean just look at last year in the NLDS double down the line Hassan Kim backhand he really struggles so yeah that could definitely rear its ugly head in the postseason and look here's the rub on Max Muncy if he's not producing offensively if he's not getting it done with the stick and giving you power and pop you can't justify having him out there with the glove now having said that he has hit 21 home runs this season having said that since May 1st, he has a weighted runs created plus of 113, meaning he's 13% above league average. And his batting average, I wouldn't focus too much on that. It's at 191, but he still is able to get on base because he draws walks. He's still able to run into some home runs, but it is starting to get concerning because since June 1st, that number has dipped. A 153 batting average with an 81 rated runs created plus. So he's 19% below league average offensively since May 1st. And the name I have my eyes on, and you guys know I've been saying this for pretty much a month and a half at this point is Jamier Candelario of the Washington Nationals. 14 home runs, a 121 rated runs created plus. His defense is better than Nolan Arenado's this season. That's not a debate. That's a fact. All the metrics point to that. And here's the difference, though. He doesn't have $109 million left on his contract. He is an expiring contract at the end of this year. He's going to be a free agent after this season. So Candelario makes sense. Who knows what's going to happen to the Blue Jays? Blue Jays, are they falling out of contention? They're still right in the mix from a wild card standpoint. So I don't think they'll trade Matt Chapman, but Matt Chapman's another guy who is going to be a free agent after this season. He's a Boris Klein. He'd be a tough sign, but defensively, he's phenomenal. Offensively, he's well above average. He's another guy that can help this team. He... He dominates left-handed pitching. I mean, I think that'd be a great add as well. But I think Candelario could be had. He continues to raise his trade value. So I would not be against adding a third baseman, especially one that's a switch hitter. Candelario hasn't been great against left-handed pitching this season. But, hey, the Dodgers have improved a lot in that department. Here we go. Move Muncy down, but Keith Barnes. Uh, dog of the game for me is growth from Anthony Keene. Muncy needed to go with Vargas. Hank Gabriel, 5 for 21 with runners in scoring position and 15 runners left on base. And Max Muncy needs to be bench six at bats and not a ball left the infield that's from hank gabriel yeah look i mean you bring your facts to the fight it's tough for me to defend max muncie after tonight where he definitely struggled i mean defensively i think that catch and foul territory that was that was big in the grand scheme of things but yeah i mean look he goes over six over six on the night did max muncie and yeah, I mean, he's down to 187 on the season. You mentioned 5 for 21 with runners in scoring position. They left 15 men on base. Yeah, I was actually 5 for 21. And Max Muncy with runners in scoring position tonight, he goes 0 for 5. 0 for 5, okay? At some point, you are what your numbers say you are. And Max Muncy, you need some production. You need to step it up. I mean, there's been too many downs for Max Muncy of late. It's getting tougher to defend the guy. Yes, he can get hot. Yes, you can see him going on a tear. But for me, if you're not earning your spot defensively and you're not producing defense offensively or defensively both are below average then you have to start looking around and seeing what's available I mean that's really what sent Miguel Vargas down the defense got better but it wasn't great offensively he wasn't realizing his potential and now he's in AAA so down below in the comments section we have BC Grove Miller and Sheehan have really come through too bad Stone couldn't but three or four ain't bad BC you bring up a great point in that look most prospects I got news for you as much as you love this guy as much as you're going to hear that he's the next best thing He's the best thing since sliced bread. That's not going to happen. 70%, more than 70% of prospects end up not working out. But look, Gavin Stone, he's another guy, my league pitcher of the year for the Dodgers last season. I wouldn't be opposed to the Dodgers, including him in a deal for an impact player this season. He's definitely not on my untouchables list. I will say, I'm talking to my friend Casey Porter, 
who love his work for Dodgers daily. He knows his prospects through and through. And he told me going to the two seam fastball for Gavin Stone is something that they should have done a long time ago, going back to that. So I'm interested to see how that plays up, giving that two seam, giving a different look and kind of changing kind of the shape. So I'm definitely interested to see that development and how he fares because it's going to take some time, but Grove, he's steady. I still think Grove's peak really is a guy that can throw 98 out of the pen, especially with that cutter, maybe a multi inning reliever at some point but hey he still deserves more opportunities as a starter could absolutely see him be a guy that you trust as your number four or five starter who has nice where he looks like a number three starter especially the way that cutter is playing to left-handed hitters so definitely a major major positive step in the right direction Emmett Sheehan one of the best fastballs if not the best four-seam fastball in the organization the way it explodes on hitters almost has a two-seam fastball action but plays up in the zone like a four-seam fastball and Bobby Miller he started to regress, but still, he's working, man. He's learning on the job. All these guys were thrown into the fire. All these guys were put in a situation that they did not think they were going to be in this early in their careers, but they have really passed this test, in my opinion. When you consider the fact that they weren't looking for A's or B's, they were looking for C pluses, and they've had nights where they've had B and A nights, so got to give them a lot of credit. So great point, my friend BC. Over, oh, that's a fire take. Offensive pitching really holding it down. Walter Bole, trade Muncie for Arenado in a package. I mean, Muncie doesn't have very much trade value. By the way, you know, Arenado actually has negative trade value on uh, ILB trade values because of that contract. But I think if you look at Max Muncie, I mean, he has a one-year $10 million option, so I don't really see that. Rob Marr. Also, too, we need to know that, that the Cardinals are going to deal Nolan Arenado. We need to know that Nolan Arenado is willing to free up and take off his no-trade clause. If he's going to accept the trade to the Dodgers, would he? I most likely think he would. Of course, he's from Southern California. It feels like he's been linked to the Dodgers forever. And we know that the Rockies, they had no intention of trading him to L.A. So the Dodgers, even though they were mentioned in rumors, of course, you know, Jim Bowden a few years ago, the Athletics' Jim Bowden, he said that Arenado was going to be a Dodger by Christmas Day. And that was like 2021 or 2020. So that, of course, never came to fruition. But yeah, that's really not the name that's getting a ton of buzz right now. And answer yourself this question. If the Dodgers got known Arenado, but they didn't address starting pitching, they didn't go out there and get a Lucas Giolito or someone even better than that, would you still feel confident in this team in a five to seven game series with a banged up Kershaw? We don't know what his health is going to look like. Hopefully he's fine. I think that he will. But even last year, the NLDS, early in that series, Kershaw gave up three runs against the Padres. Urias gave up three runs against the Padres. The best pitcher in that series was Tyler Anderson. So for me, you have to bolster this starting rotation before we have the conversation of adding a player of Arenado's caliber. And I can tell you this, that that does go against, that is and the antithesis of what the Dodgers were going for this offseason. Because this offseason, they weren't looking at adding salary when it comes to years. They're fine with the money this year. They're fine with going over and paying the surtax. But it's the years. It's the length. And I look, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be furious if they traded for Nolan Arenado, but this is an organization they see as metrics. They see as defensive abilities have not been their best this season. You're going to get some decline in that contract. I mean, do you want peak Nolan Arenado or do you want Nolan Arenado at $35 million that is already on the decline? Because that's what the numbers don't suggest that he is. It's what they prove that he is. So I think it's just some fruit for thought when you consider that. It almost feels like you go to Toys R Us, you don't even know what toys are there, but you just see a Nolan Arenado and you kind of say, tell your mom, oh, I want that, I want that. But hey, you didn't go into that store thinking you were looking for Nolan Arenado, right? So I think it's important to stay focused on the task at hand and, and getting a starting pitcher. But here we go. We don't need Shohei. We need our roster to keep showing up. That's from Charles Lee. Nice win. However, far too many runners in scoring position left on base. Need to step on their throats. Instinct. Score, 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 score some more. Yeah, I mean, look. You're not going to always score, of course, but I mean, when you put the runs up that they did early in this game, you definitely gave yourself a really nice cushion to fall back on top of the second inning. J.D. Martinez, he draws the walk, a leadoff walk for J.D., Peralta singles, then 2-0 count. Jason Hayward, he crushes a three-run shot to center to give the Dodgers an early 3-0 lead. His ninth of the year. He hit one home run all of last season. Already nine with the Dodgers, and he's not even playing every single day. He's been absolutely phenomenal in his role. Thank you so much to the Chicago Cubs. And then Outman, he singled to right, followed by Betts, who popped to second for the first out. And then runners on first and second. One out, Freddie Freeman singles to center. Rojas comes around to score to make it 4-0 LA. And the next batter, 
Will Smith. A 2-2 count. He singles to left. Outman scored to give the Dodgers a 5-0 lead. Floodgate started open for the Dodgers. And then Smith and Freeman... They advance after a wild pitch by Wells. And then Martinez, he flied to right to end the inning. So the Dodgers bat around in that inning, but they get five runs on five hits, two walks, and take a 5 nothing lead in the second. And like I said, Michael Grove filling up the zone, throwing strikes, very effective against that lineup loaded with lefties. Four strikeouts. The cutter was big for him against Henderson. Had the slider at the bottom of the zone. Fastball location, for the most part, was really, really solid. And then you jump to top of the seventh inning. Rojas lead off walk outman walks so they get back-to-back walks to start the seven and then perez he comes in and a great steal call there by the dodgers i mean great steal call they send rojas and freeman adley's throwing error that leads to another run for the dodgers to make it six to one la and or um Outman and Rojas, they advance, and then, then you get back-to-back walks by Mookie and Freddie, and then Muncy, he ground into a fielder's choice to score best to make it 7-1. to one. So, hey, he did put his bat on the ball and made something happen. And the next batter, J.D. Martinez, he singled to right to score Freeman to make it 8-1 to one Dodgers. Peralta strikes out swing, and then Taylor walked with the bases loaded to score Smith to make it 9-1 to one L.A., and then Rojas, he pops a second to end the inning. And then you jump to the top of the eighth inning. Freddie Freeman, he cranks a two-out double for his third hit of the night. And Smith, he reached on an infield single, scoring Freddie on a throwing error by Henderson. Smith advanced the second. That makes it 10 runs for the Dodgers. So 10 to 1 Dodgers there. And then Muncy, he ends up striking out swinging. Then we broke down the rest of the game. So, yeah, Dodgers, big win offensively. They showed up. Runners in the scoring position, they weren't at their best. They still created those opportunities. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had eight walks by this Orioles team, four errors. Those definitely hurt them. And that did not look like a championship-level team or a veteran team. And you saw that, hey, this was a big test for that team. Coming in, having won eight straight. Dodgers, they have looked great. They've outscored them this series 16-7. to Here we go. Cartai is batting under 200 in double-A. He isn't getting called up. Yeah, no, none of these younger guys, none of these younger catchers, you're rarely going to see that. At this point, you're not going to see uh, even a Hunter Fiducia. I mean, these younger catchers, they would have done that already if they were going to do that. They will not do that. Trust me on that. The only option they would have is if you had a phantom IL stand for Austin Barnes and then you went out there and you signed an Austin Wins type of catcher. Those guys are out there. You can find those guys I'm not saying that they will, but if they want to go in that direction, that is what they would do. I liked what uh, the story that um, that because uh, everyone talks about how Austin Barnes is such a leader and and he's a guy that uh, that everyone looks up to. But hey, look, what did Earl Weaver say? Who's leader of the team? The player that hit the three-run home run, right? So. Is Austin Barnes going to be a leader if he's not producing? I don't know. Not so much in my eyes. But still, go get Nolan. That's from Johnny. Bring Arenado, Giolito, and Kelly. That's from Adrian. Uh, we, got, we got the D-Mac. Let's go, all, let's go to the All-Star game in Texas. Absolutely. Let's do that. Victor, hope Julio continues pitching well. That's from Victor Banos. He's been outstanding. Last 14 innings. He's allowed just two runs. I'm looking for a very solid start tomorrow morning for the Urias. Julio Urias. Carnivorous Lunar Activity. D-Mac, you demand. Right back at you, Carnivorous Lunar Activity. We got Auto Ray. Trade alert. Dodgers trade Austin Barnes for White Sox. Lucas Giolito. John Heyman. Wow. Did they really make that trade? (laughs) I doubt that. I mean, that's not the the return when you consider the fact that Austin Barnes is the least productive hitter in Major League Baseball. I just don't think that's the case. A little update on Clayton Kershaw. He threw a bullpen session today in Baltimore. He threw 37 pitches, warm-up throws, the whole nine. So he's going to throw in Texas, and they're going to take it from there. But the most important update for me was Walker Bueller in the game, and he said he was throwing 94. So during the game, Oral and Joe, he was communicating with them, and he said that he was throwing 94, and he was joking about Oral Hershiser saying that that's already harder than Oral had ever thrown in his career. So it does feel like to me that Walker Bueller is definitely going to have an impact on this team, that he's definitely heading for a comeback in some capacity, whether that's out of the bullpen, whether that's as a starting pitcher. This is a guy that's sick and tired of being on the couch, sick and tired of getting these sessions in. He wants to be back out there on the mound, helping this team win games. He wants to feel that adrenaline. He wants to be Walker F and Bueller again. I think they're going to fill that gas tank up with all that butane 
and I fully expect him to come back this year because he's a veteran. This is not one of the younger players, okay? There's an organization. They're going to trust Walker Buehler's opinion on this because when it comes to knowing the game, when it comes to knowing his body, he knows it better than anyone out there, okay? This is a guy that is a student of the game. He really is a brilliant baseball mind, so I fully expect him to come back. We got uh, Pedro Martinez said on the post game that the Dodgers were in second place. LOL, that's from Ray Brios. Look, okay, even if he said that, don't, I, actually, I don't know about you guys, I love Pedro Martinez on TV for some reason. I think uh, he's funny, and uh, he's really one of my favorite players ever. I would say Pedro Martinez definitely in my top five. He really is. I just have always been a Pedro fan. It's definitely one of the most painful, painful uh, developments, of course, that the Dodgers traded for him, but uh, we will not go all the way in on that. So that definitely is some pain. But uh, we got um, oh, where was Cedric Mullins? He's actually out with a quadricep injury. Ellis Shiva Jones for a backup catcher. We have Hunter Fiducia and AAA Dodgers. He's awesome. Yeah, no, no one's down. He's awesome. He's fantastic. It's just you put a young catcher in this situation. There's a lot more to it than just saying, hey, this guy can be productive offensively. As far as the backup catcher spot, the Dodgers, they need a guy that can handle the pitching staff, that can call a great game. And it's tough to learn on the fly at the big league level. That's something that's a process that starts in the offseason, that starts during spring training. It's tough to bring a guy up with a team that has so many veterans and expect him to hit the ground running as a catcher. That's one of the toughest spots to bring up in the middle of the season. And also, too, you want to make sure he gets his opportunities. But DMAC, any thoughts on Bellinger coming back to L.A.? That's from Joe Mama. Look, I love Cody Bellinger. If you guys have been watching this show, as long as I've been doing it, I've been rooting for him. I've rooted for him until the very end. I just don't see him coming back to L.A. I mean, Joe James Alvin has played very well. James Alvin defensively isn't better than Cody Bellinger by any stretch because Belly still in the 90th percentile and outs above average. And Cody Bellinger is a guy that is going to be in high demand. There's going to be teams out there like the New York Yankees they're going to want Cody Bellinger in pinstripes. Also, it's not like it's his decision at all. It's not like Cody Bellinger has a say in it. It's not like he has a no trade clause. But still, I just don't see it happening because, like I said, if the Dodgers go out there and make a trade, I anticipate that you're going to get multiple players in that deal from one team. And do they really want to make the deal for someone like a Stroman and a Bellinger? It's possible. I just don't see it. And I think, too, I will say this. I had to be Dougie Downer on the whole situation. But you know, I bring my facts to the fight. And yes, Cody Bellinger is hitting 305. Yes, he has a way. 80 runs created plus of 136. He has hit 12 home runs, but if you look at some of his expected stats, his hard hit percentage is in the 7th percentile. His barrel percentage in the 21st percentile. His expected batting average below average. Expected slug below average. He has had the 5th most expected. He has outperformed his metrics on the fifth highest level in major league baseball. So all that's to say that he is due for some negative regression at some point And you really want to trade for him and have that happen. I mean, his batting average on balls and plays at 328 this season. So that definitely is something that would concern me a little. And I just don't think, the Dodgers need to bring in another left-handed hitter. I think you need a guy that can come in and break against right-handed pitching. So, yeah, look, sometimes you want to get back with your ex. Most of the times you think it's a good idea and you're back together and you get in that first fight and then someone's stuff is out in the front of the lawn and she's setting stuff on fire. Then she's going through your phone and you know how it goes, right? So I just don't think that really is the best situation for the Dodgers. My wife can't even cook <laughs> Nando. That's the Bruh. You're getting it, bro. Nando three ninety says my wife can't even cook cereal. Respect Moogie. Okay, that's a that's a comment I do. Uh, wasn't Muncy leading Major League Baseball in homers just recently? Get off his sack. He'll be fine. Hey man, I feel like my reputation and my role is as uh, the biggest Max Muncy defender. So to a certain degree, I'm with you. And look, that's the thing about Max Muncy. You never know when he's going to turn it on and go nuts and things are going to start to click for him at the plate and he's going to go on a tear. And yeah, if you do look at his numbers as a whole, 21 home runs. That's 13th in Major League Baseball, right in between... Christian Walker and the aforementioned. We talked about Nolan Arenado. They both have 21 home runs this season, except Muncy has his in 77 games, Arenado in 91 games. So offensively, yeah, a 766 OPS. 
that's not going to get it done for an entire season, but he's had some stretches that have been very impressive. I mean, we were talking to him about him as a possible MVP candidate early in the season. So I'm not ready to write off Max Muncy. I'm not ready to to punt on Muncy. I'm saying if you bring in a third baseman like Jamer Candelario, you can play him at third base where he's been one of the best defensive third basemen in the league and you put Max Muncy back at second base and maybe him at second base with less defensive responsibility as for as far as him being uncomfortable at third base and second base he's a little more familiar he said he loves that position it's his favorite position he loves the reads off the bat maybe you see an uptick in his offense so I'm just saying defensively it could rear its ugly head even if he is producing at the plate because third base the hot corner it is not easy especially in the postseason especially the big league level and all the metrics they point to the fact that Max Muncy is one of the worst defensive third basemen in the sport and that's like I said that's not just some opinion I mean every single defensive metric that you point at will tell you just that so it's definitely concerning because look at that infield Miguel Rojas above average defender Freddie Freeman above average defender Mookie again right-handed pitching at second base above average but Max Muncy he's in the 10th percentile and outs above average the 36 arms strength so yeah defensively he's just not getting it done but he's in the 89th percentile and expected slug he's still hitting the ball hard the barrel percentage is still in the 96th percentile so I think there's certain metrics that point to the fact that Max Muncy offensively is going to turn around but Hendricks is totally a high character guy that fits Dodgers mold the White Sox is a natural trade partner just wait on the announcement Anthony Keene if that happens hey you guys know I've been manifesting and willing that LeVar ball style for basically 12 months now I want to see that big three I think Hendricks it would be a perfect fit, like you said, Anthony King, to your point. A great culture guy. He's a guy that has been a part of the really growth of the game as far as just not a baseball player as a social media presence. I think he fans would fall in love with him instantly. The fire that he exudes on the mound, the passion he plays without play up in LA. And I think too, Daniel Hudson, he's out for the foreseeable future. I'm not banking on any of these guys coming back. That's all icing on the cake. I'm just going to assume that they're not. If they do, it'll be the cherry on top because Hey, you made your bed with this bullpen, and you're going to lay in it now? Or are you going to go out there and make some pieces work for you and go out there and get some guys like a Liam Hendricks? So I definitely like that idea. If he, Arenado would F and rake from Scott Martinez. I'm not doubting that he's going to rake. I really am not. But what if I told you getting Nolan Arenado, a guy that sells $109 million on his contract, do you really expect them? I mean, before you even pay any of the starting pitchers next year, you got 27 for Freddie. You got 25 for Mookie because of the deferrals. You got Will Smith, another arbitration year. You got $35 million for Nolan Arenado. You got all these guys you have to pay. You still have a starting rotation you have to fill out. Kershaw could be gone. Arias could be gone. I mean, May, he's going to be out to start the year. There's so many questions that, hey, you have to worry about the financials at some point. And if getting Arenado now puts getting Otani in free agency at risk, I don't want anything to do with Nolan Arenado. Okay, that's just the reality because that's how special a player that Shohei Otani is. Shohei Otani is going to be talked about every single time the sport gets brought up until the end of time, okay? Nolan Arenado, he's the best defensive third baseman I've ever seen. He's a six-time Platinum Glove Award winner. He's a ten-time Gold Glove Award winner. I have nothing but respect and adulation for Nolan Arenado, but I'm just thinking big picture and kind of the direction this franchise has gone as far as, yeah, they'll bring guys in in trades, but it's usually not guys that are under team control for a long period of time. They brought in Trey Turner. He had a year left on his deal. They brought in Max Scherzer. He was expiring at the end of the season, so you just don't see that that's not Friedman's mo we got Hayward redemption here from Scott Martinez bat Muncy seven through nine not cleanup yeah I mean some of you guys feel like you want to bat him 10 tonight uh move Martinez to the cleanup spot in the lineup Camille Harris you're absolutely right what did Camille Harris say I want to read that where's Camille Harris someone repost that I'm going all comments here we go let's see how many comments I can read in a row you guys want to see that it's gonna be auction style okay Scott Martinez bring back belly the real question for BC, real question is, can Miller, Sheehan, Grove deliver in the playoffs? I think you it's a lot to ask for a rookie pitcher. I mean, these guys aren't all Fernando Valenzuela's, right? Ray Brios, I don't trust Julio as a starter in the postseason. Michael Negredo, Michael Negretti, we need a belly bomb. Lou Kershaw, top 25 pitcher all time. Top 25 pitcher all time? Are you kidding me? It's top 10 to 15, in my opinion. I mean, look at 
lowest ERA in the modern era, three-time Cy Young Award winner. Really should be a four or five-time Cy Young Award winner. We got uh, Victor Banos, the number one need in starting pitching in the bullpen. Scott Martinez and Julio Itrus pass on Arenado from Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Eric V, Ray Barrios, who are you kidding, Jack? Do you think David Bednar is a possibility? That's from Javier. Look, I mean, the Pirates are bad. I mean, you can look at some pieces for them. The thing about Bednar which I think would kind of scare this organization is you would really, really have to believe that he is the guy long-term. You would really have to believe that he's not going to be a reliever that's going to have some down years because relievers, they tend to be volatile. He still has three arbitration years left. He's not even in his arbitration yet, and he'd be under team control through the 2026 season. So one prospect capital would be high. The price would be extremely high to get him, and I just don't see it. I don't see Bednar as an option. It'd be great. I mean, if he was expiring or had one more year after this year, I think it's possible, but I just don't see that. But uh, Belly is producing just because this team doesn't like to overpay for relievers or closers. They're pretty much treating them like the NFL teams treat running backs at this stage. But we need another reliever. Alex Espana, absolutely. I agree a thousand percent on that. Get out the brooms, Ron Jerica. Yeah, will the Dodgers win tomorrow? Give me your score predictions. BC Bellinger was a bum here. LA has enough people who refuse to earn their money. Muncie only takes, Muncie only rakes against the Giants. That's from Craig Osterberg. Camille Harris, I like the inning when they kept hitting singles with the bases loaded. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Beltran need a significant right-handed bat for sure. Carnivorous Lunar Activity. I listened to Baltimore broadcast on the radio. Guy was making fun of Outman's name just as Outman ripped a base hit. Well, do not do that, okay? Because James Outman He'll send Rock after you. He'll put a spell on you. But yeah, James Altman, he's quietly looked so much better of late. Feel really good about James Altman. And he's a guy, too, that don't get it twisted. Some of these guys on the margins, they know that the Dodgers have the prospect capital to basically get any player that's available. It's just how aggressive do the Dodgers want to get. And some of these players that have lesser roles, like James Altman, who, hey, maybe if he was struggling like he was for that long period of time, that long stretch there, maybe the Dodgers would say, hey, well, we need to look for another option in the outfield position. They still might. And if you look at the last 15 games, James Altman, he has an OPS of 1,041. He's hitting 333. He's 10 for his last 30 with two home runs and a double. So he's producing. Also, you look at the strikeouts, 10 strikeouts to seven walks. So yeah, as long as he's playing above average and solid defense and he's producing at the plate, you're going to see James Altman out there for sure. Uh, Sean, Costello, I think Belly hit his turning point and would smash again like he used to. Hey, maybe Belly, it's a change of scenery thing, though. He gets locked back into that Dodgers uniform. All the pressure. There's a lot of pressure. Don't kid yourself. This is not a normal fan base, okay? If the Pirates are going live right now, you're not going to see all these comments flying down, all these opinions, all these comments with Dodger fans that want to talk about their team. The Dodgers are one of the most followed franchises in all of sports. So, yeah, lots of pressure, especially when you consider that he's going to be a free agent. He's going to want to put up big numbers. And like I said, do you really need another left-handed bat? Do you really need another center fielder the way that James Outman, I'm not saying he's playing at an all-star level, but when you consider that Belly's due for some regression, if you look at some of the numbers, when you consider that it's almost like, yeah, I mean, do you really want to go back to that? Because if he struggles, then the pressure is going to mount again. I mean, it would be great. I mean, having Belly back and we know his postseason heroics, it'd be a fantastic storyline. And I definitely, as someone who is a diehard Cody Bellinger fan, I'll always root for the guy. I've had conversations with the guy. He's exactly how you would expect him to act and talk. He is that guy, but he is a very nice dude, and I wish him nothing but the best. But I almost want to see a next chapter. I'm excited to see him if he goes to the New York Yankees because, of course, his dad was on that 98 Yankees team, last team to repeat, of course, in 2000. So I would definitely want to see him on the Yankees. But the 199 from Adrian Salazar, Dodgers are hotter than AZ's heat. I like that. Anybody can bat's a comment of the night. Not only bringing Belly back, I don't know. I'm bringing Belly back. Yeah. D-Mac looking to Wix Esteban. Relax there, buddy. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, appreciate you. Uh, Doug, you're the GOAT. You're the GOAT right back. You guys are the GOAT, man. Greatest fan base, greatest Dodgers live stream. It's all because you. I'm the man of the fan here to get all your takes. Hey, it's your show. I'm just hosting, but I appreciate that. Alex over on YouTube. Peralta is another auto out. Hey, Peralta's been really good. Peralta was the guy that really helped get things going there after the J.D. Martinez walk that led to the Jason Hayward home run there. So, hey, he's been really good. Thanks, Daniel. You're the GOAT. Uh, Joe Mama, I heard Bueller shooting for September. Bullpen, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 
yeah, September, that's the date that he had. That's the date that he wants. We'll see if it happens. But 94, that's a good sign to me because there were nights where we were seeing 94. We were seeing 95, 96. We weren't seeing 98, 99, and 100 anymore. So that's definitely a step in the right direction. That's something that gets me excited. But uh, DMAC, go Dodgers, whipping the O-Birds, Cowboys, five rings. We got uh, 199 from J-Dog, Chapman, and Ryu for Vargas. Interesting. We'll see if they're sellers. Wouldn't be against that. Barnes can get three outs with one swing. <laughs> Cards, who said that's a bird from J-Bullet? <laughs> That's a burn. Yeah, a couple more here, guys, and we'll let you guys go. Uh, let's go all in this year and get Nolan. Uh, mass boxing, let's go all in here and get Nolan. Get Arenado, Anderson, Gilito, Stroman, Hendricks. Alex Moore, he's trying to go crazy with it. Uh, Munch should play right. Ben has from Dick. That's a burn. Uh, Brooks Robinson, best I've seen. Yeah, he was fantastic. Diane Schroeder. What's up, Diane Schroeder? She's the fairy godmother of the Dodgers Nation postgame show. The Dodgers Nation queen. Diane Schroeder, DMAC, um, Ray doesn't believe in playoff. Julio, hey, the Urias, as out of the bullpen, who's fantastic, didn't allow a run out of the, as a starter, he was still really good. It wasn't as good as out of the pen, but I do think he has something to prove. I think he was out of gas against Atlanta in 2021. I think it was a mistake to use him out of the pen there. So in playoff, Julio, we trust Dodgers 4-2 and two again, 4 2 O's tomorrow. Trade for Jordan Hicks. I'd take Hernandez. What up, DKM? What up, DKM? What up, Gary A? Sup, Foos? I'm way late. What up, Gary A? But that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation postgame show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. David Tapatine, let's get a statue of Doug McCain. Can't outside of Dodgers Stadium. Hey, that's a little crazy. A lot of statues we got to get before that. I will take a bobblehead night, though, man. I will take a bobblehead night. Anthony Keene, I hear all the love for Belly. That's my guy. But do the Cubs have some damn pitchers we can use? Only way we get Belly back is if we brings an arm with him. Exactly. Fantastic point, Anthony Keene. Alex Moore, get Arenado Anderson, Scherzer. DKM, hey, DMAC, I watched the game today. Great win over the O-Birds. I really hope Jake is in the roster for quite some time. But other than that, keep doing your ish. Hey, all right, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation Post Game Show. If you haven't, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Smash that like button for your first place, Los Angeles Dodgers. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. 